When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Want to say hello to the subscribers. Thank you all for checking us out every single week, multiple times a week. New interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Appreciate all the comments that you've left in the, uh, in the various places that you check this whole thing out. If you haven't given the series a rating, that's a huge help. Please do that as well. And if you're not a subscriber, uh, take this moment before we get started to hit the subscribe button. Wherever you're listening from right now, there is a way to stay updated. It is the perfect opportunity to keep up with all of your favorite artists and what they're up to. I'm Kyle Meredith. Uh, one of those artists, my guest today, Bishop Briggs. It was just last year that she released her debut full-length album called Church of Scars, already back with the sophomore record called Champion. It just arrived a few weeks ago, and Bishop and I are going to talk about that whole process, the quick turnaround, and what it meant for the themes that played themselves out over the course of the writing. In fact, she'll tell us, it's more or less a concept record. And while it might be an album that's sort of rooted in sadness, as she'll tell us, there are big triumphant moments. Maybe you've heard the lead single, the title track, called Champion. We'll talk about the art of the anthem and finding ways to connect with lots of people for such personal little moments. And it's a song that she co-wrote with K-Flay. In fact, there's a few of those on here. And we'll t- Actually, I think we're t- going to talk about most of them. My Shine, Jekyll and Hyde, we'll get the stories behind those. And if you follow Bishop Briggs, you'll know that she uses her voice to say a lot of important things to follow a lot of important causes. We'll talk about that as well. She may not be an American citizen, but 2020 is an election year that she is very honed in on. She's going to tell me about uh, her involvement with that and thoughts on the whole thing. But we'll also fit in some time for some fun. She's a fan of My Chemical Romance. Maybe you've heard they are back together. They're going to be doing a reunion tour. Yes, she's excited, but just how excited is really fun to hear about. Let's get into this and talk about the new record champion. It's Kyle Meredith with Bishop Briggs. Hi. It is a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, my God. You, too. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I got to compliment you at first. Champion is such a powerful record. I, I have had so much fun listening oh. to it. Congratulations on this one. Really? Oh, my God. 
God, thank you. This does follow close on the hills of the debut record. And, and as that saying goes, you got your whole life to write your first album. But but coming so close, you know, it's coming so quickly after your debut. Did you find that this one was a more concentrated effort of ideas? Yeah, actually, you know, I've never heard that phrase, but that is so true. I mean, the first album, you you don't even realize you're writing an album, and there's something really beautiful about that. And also, uh, I think most people, when they're writing their first album, unconsciously or consciously, they are still growing their audience and their listeners. So it is kind of this bubble where you don't know how um, people will react yet. And with the first album, it was over the course of two years and I was touring and I really covered a variety of emotions and feelings and experiences. And, and by the end of those two years, it became Church of Scars. And then with this, it was very much a kind of uh, jolt to action. And I found myself, you know, really seeking therapy in studios. And, uh, and I was also doing real therapy, too, to be clear. But <laughs> there is something very, um, very helpful for me to, you know, create something from that pain and, and from that grief. And, uh, and so, yeah, this was all written within two weeks, non-consecutively. So, and it was all about the exact same thing. And, and I think that was something that uh, felt important. I kind of always had this uh, goal as a human in this world to have a uh, concept album, to have an album that was a very specific period of time. Because for me, I, as a listener, I find it so compelling <laughs> to listen to albums I mean, Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, and Adele, you know, when you hear these songs that are, you know, that feel as though they're about a specific person, time, place, it's so specific that it makes it interestingly very relatable, still extremely relatable, um, but I, I find it really compelling. I, I love that you are a believer in the album, too. It's really refreshing because yes. th- nothing against singles in the singles culture. That's fun. But but to have an artist who kind of puts the time in, who puts the, the love in to making a complete record. I mean, that's 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 huge. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting thinking of, you know, when you do feel lonely and when you feel as though no one understands you, you know, you're, you're not always going to want to listen to that one single on repeat. And you may for a second, but then the next day when you're feeling another shade of um, gray or another shade of blue, whatever it may be, it is nice to have other songs in the album to turn to. I just realized I talked about shades. Shades of gray. Shades of gray. I'm trying to say like shades of sadness, but I ended up just saying shades of gray, um, which is a movie, but uh, and book. But uh, what I mean is, uh, it's nice having those different songs to turn to, and and I'm really excited for the vinyl to come out too, because I think that's something right. that listening on vinyl to a whole album, you know, you you know, is is something that's that's one of my favorite things. Absolutely. Well, let's let's hear about a few of those different shades, uh, whether of gray or sadness, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll start out. We'll start out with the lead single with "Champion," the title track here. You know, I was thinking about the arts uh, of the anthem because when you have a record that, as you're explaining, it might be rooted in sadness. This is not one of those songs, and to take something mm. universal and make it specifically personal, it's almost like it's almost like reverse. I think of what a lot of people do. They try to take their their moment mm. and make it big. This almost seems like the other way. I don't, 
I don't know if you see it that way. Mm, that's interesting. I will say with this song in particular, it felt really important to have something that could serve as a mantra. You know, I was feeling like I wasn't enough. And the thought of, you know, having to perform this song each night on stage and to say I'm a champion with conviction and without apologizing, you know, I, I think setting an intention for a song can really, you know, make it go from something that is maybe perhaps like universally bigger. But I will say with this uh, in particular, it was really just about uh, releasing the things that I felt I was holding on to, whether it was from social constructs that had been embedded in my mind uh, from a really young age. But hearing what you're saying is it means so much. I think those type of songs, you know, they I do think they have to start from a pure place of, uh, you know, wanting to connect with others and wanting to make sure people feel less alone. And, you know, whenever I sit down to write, you know, I think of I always think of why I turn to music and um, and what I gain from music. And for me, it does make me feel less alone and it makes me feel like I can do things that maybe I wouldn't normally think I could do. And so the fact that anyone is taking that from this song means so much. And it also means so much because I know the headspace that I was in when I was with K-Flay writing it. And, um, you know, it was, it was definitely not as strong and as big as the chorus may come across. So the fact that it does, um, you know, because I really wanted to believe it, too. I wanted to believe that I could, you know, feel proud of my accomplishments, whether they were big or small, and that was enough to make me a champion. Or uh, in treating others how I wanted to be treated, I wanted that to be something that would make me feel fulfilled enough, and that would deem me uh, a champion. So, so yeah. Yeah, but it, I also find <laughs> it, you know, it seems to be reflective of, you know, the causes you stand up for. You fight the good fight for, you know, pro-choice. You've spoken out earlier in the year about Alabama's abortion, obviously the Me Too movement. You know, 2020 is an election year, and a song like this, do you feel like you're going to be getting more involved in that conversation? It's interesting. Uh, In the U.S., I live here. I've I've lived uh, in L.A. for 10 years, but I am on an artist visa. Mm -hmm. But I still pay taxes, but I am not allowed to vote. And that is so disheartening. And it's also disheartening to, you know, really feel as though I am in my home and, you know, a place that I, you know, have a bed. (laughs) But I think no matter what, using your platform for activism, whether you have five followers or 500, I, I just think it's really important to do. And, you know, we live in an interesting time. We kind of live in a time where, you know, if you don't speak out, it, it can be from a place of ignorance rather than being smart for your publicist, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when I look back on my life, I want to be able to, you know, tell my kids if I have them or grandkids, tell them that I said that this wasn't right or I stood up for it. Um, regardless of uh, being able to vote on it, I want to be able to be a place where people can at least learn how to be informed and learn how to vote. And that, that would be that would be very. Uh, yeah. And also there are places in the world where, you know, these conversations aren't happening. So even being able to um, have that moment in Alabama, it meant a lot because I want to make sure that these conversations are happening and, and that people um, again, interestingly, you know, that they they feel less alone and they know what they can do and they know um, that they still have rights. 
I mean, if anybody is a qualified voice in this, whether you are technically a citizen or not, I would point to you because you have lived oh, in so many you. different places around the world. And, and that's important because because a lot of people, they haven't left their spot and, and it becomes very scary yeah. for them. I mean, as a as a person of the world in an age of renewed nationalism stuff, you know, all of that, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. that is important to have a voice coming from someone like that, like you. I, I will say I've met people that, um, you know, have also traveled the same amount and um, they can be very, you know, closed minded. And I think I think what's so incredible about social media and the news, you know, depending on where you're looking is that no matter what your background is, you know, the hope is that you you have the ability to make decisions um, based off all of the facts. And I think finding those news outlets and finding those websites that are accurately um, depicting what's going on is really important. Absolutely. So I appreciate I appreciate all the stuff that you're talking about uh, on, on those oh, avenues as well. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I'll turn it back to the music, too. Um, you'd mentioned K-Flay and you'd written a few songs together on this one. Uh, I'm a huge yeah. fan of My Shine. I think that what you're doing with your voice on that is so fun. And I, I probably hit oh repeat on, you know, that oh one. Oh, my God, really? Thank you. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, for the so for the bridge of that song, you know, the God forbid, you know, that whole section, um, God forbid I'm independent. <laughs> when, uh, when we wrote that part and it was time to record it, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, just a heads up. Like, I don't know how it's going to sound. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to, you know, scream it in the, you know, in the way that I want to. <laughs> and literally the first take is the thing you hear. And that's it. I, I, I was like, just came out of me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I'm really angry <laughs> because, you know, this song in particular, it stems from a very specific situation, but I quickly realized it's what I've experienced with every ex-boyfriend I've ever had. And that's really frustrating, you know? And um, I will say the line that is <laughs> not mine at all that Kayvay told me I had to put in it was, uh, I make cool shit. <laughs> God forbid I make cool shit. And I was like, I can't say that. I don't say that. And she was like, you had to say it. And so I'm really glad that she pushed me because you know, again, with like the theme of not hiding. And, you know, there is this weird thing with the social construct that's put on women, which is don't be proud of, you know, don't be cocky, don't Mm -hmm. be too confident. Mm -hmm. And so with that line, you know, I looked at her, you know, with the make cool shit, because I was excited to say the other ones, because, you know, those were quick to my head of uh, being frustrated by, you know, me making more money than my partner, uh, making a difference in our dynamic. That does frustrate me. That's, that should not be the way it is. And, and same with independence and free thinking and uh, not being controlled. It's like those I, I just feel in my bones, <laughs> you know, to be very true. And then the minute that Christine said, well, you have to throw in God for that I make cool shit. That was when it was so jarring, you know, just that immediately I felt like, oh, gosh, I can't say that. I mean, who knows if it's even cool? You know, I immediately did that. Um, and I'm so glad that she pushed me. And, uh, you know, as someone that, you know, was deciding to come into the session with me, you know, it was a kind of funny moment where she was like, well, do you not think you make cool music, you know, that you're proud of? <laughs> And then it was like this, you know, very, um, you know, mirror moment where was literally the theme of champion, which is you pour your heart and soul into something. Are you not proud of it? You know, would you not say that it's um, something you should be proud of? And so 
um, I'm really glad that we kept that line in, and um, it's been so much fun to perform live. And and, and kind of rounding out the uh, the K Flay co writes too, because Jekyll and Hyde. I, I had wondered when you have a title like that, the music matches it so well, and I, and I sort of wondered what oh. came first because that music is you know it's it's kind of haunting. It's a little bit creepy. It's that darkness you know that kind of pushes forward the into lurches forward. I guess is the right phrase. Thank you. I. I came into the session that day with Joel and Kay Flay, and I was telling them that I had this thing in my head that I couldn't let go of, which was whispers of a very specific phrase and snaps, like finger snaps. And I was singing it to them, like just this creepy, you know, creepy thing, which is now the, you know, are you Jekyll and hiding me? You know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And I also had this concept, which was Jekyll and Hyde, you know, two very different people and not knowing which one I was going to get that day. And so that became the start of the writing of it. And then K-Play was saying we could have a cool moment of, you know, making it an adjective, you know, Jekyll and hiding me, you know, mm-hmm. that it's, it's something that like if someone is, you know, acting completely different to how they normally act, you could say, oh, gosh, you're just Jekyll and hiding me. And that it could be this kind of cool moment. And so it was kind of scattered in that sense. Um, of a bunch of different ideas going around the room. And then I said, okay, well, to start this song, just, you know, play some uh, organs because that is, you know, my favorite thing. And so that intro you hear, and so Joel started playing these incredible chords with this incredible um, organ. And so that intro was just riffing, you know, just um, trying to come up with this epic a big thing. Um, and we actually thought it was going to be for maybe a different song. You know, it just felt soulful and it felt good and it felt very natural. And then all of a sudden the song quickly became complete ADD um, in the best way and uh, and became, uh, you know, truly multiple different personalities. Um, and a lot of the emails that we sent to each other when we were um, when, we, when we got sent the demo is, you know, it really matches the title, <laughs> which yeah. is you know, it kind of could be four different songs in one. So the fact that people are connecting to it means a lot. No, it's a perfect marriage of that idea and concept and the way it comes off musically. And and I can say that in so many, you know, it'd be very easy for me to just go track by track because there's so many great moments on here with Tattoo to My Heart and, and oh. someone else and oh. I tried. And it's such a great record and I so appreciate what you've done with this. I'll ask um, a bit trivial, too. Knowing that the mashup that you've been doing live and everything, uh, I'm sure you're excited yes. about the My Chemical Romance reunion. Oh, yes. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I, so I took a screenshot showing that they're coming to the shrine. And I I mean, my messages are just full of me sending that screenshot <laughs> to so many people. I mean, even people I haven't spoken to in a hot second. I just I need everyone to know this news. And it's so interesting because with that mashup, it was really about, you know, people that uh, really inspire me and I feel stand the test of time, you know, so it was 21 Pilots, Panic of the Disco and My Chemical Romance. And it was this idea that came to me at like three in the morning when I couldn't sleep. And I just started singing, singing how it could all play out um, and just thinking of the songs that, you know, maybe people request of them often. And by people, I mean me, <laughs> you know, the ones that, you know, are on the message boards that are, you know, requesting I write sins, not tragedies or um, dressed out. But yeah, it ends with uh, Black Parade. Yeah. And that song, even when we were rehearsing it, <laughs> everyone in the band, everyone in the room, we were just so emotional. You know, I think 
they just were so ahead of their time. And I'm, and I'm really thankful that they were huge in their time as well. But uh, it's been such an honor to, you know, play all of those songs. Um, but yes, when I heard about the comeback, I, I mean, it's not even a comeback because they're still, you know, still being played right, everywhere. Right. Um, but I cannot wait. I definitely have been scrambling for tickets and hookups. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm going to try and find my way. I'm going to try and find my way. So yeah, I can't wait. Awesome. Bishop, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, Congratulations on Champion. It's such a great uh, piece of art. You. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for asking such thought-provoking questions. It's so refreshing. So oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, take care. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. And a big thanks. Bishop Briggs again. The new record is called Champion, and it's out now. And thanks to you for checking out the series. Uh, again, if you're not a subscriber, hit the subscribe button right now. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts from. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Podchaser, as well as Spotify and even YouTube. You can subscribe over there as well. In fact, if you are a subscriber and if you haven't given the series a rating, uh, take that moment. Hit that rating thing. Whatever it is, it's a huge help. I really do appreciate it. And after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That's it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.